is summer. You know what that means. Sprinklers are buzzing, popsicles are melting, and the Consumed Podcast is on your speakers for that road trip you've dreamed of taking. This is the show that features conversations with eaters, thinkers, drinkers, and makers on California's Central Coast. And I am your host, Jamie Lewis. Thanks for letting me tag along. Before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, cargo storage containers, and refrigerated shipping containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a Mid-State Container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Slow Life Magazine is the publication that spotlights local people, places, culture, and flavor. That's where I come in. I'm the food columnist for Slow Life, and my most recent story featured the Alchemist's Garden in Paso Robles, right on City Park. It's a whimsical restaurant with high ceilings, plants everywhere, like everywhere, and a bright green neon sign that says, what you imagine, you create. The food is really tasty, but the elegant cocktails here are the bells of the ball. Get your copy of Slow Life to learn more by visiting slowlifemagazine.com. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. I didn't realize until just now, but I've known Michael and Sarah Cherney for years. Okay, I didn't know them know them, but I definitely enjoyed their hospitality a few times at Sides Hardware and Shoes, the charming restaurant in Los Olivos where Michael was chef and Sarah worked front of house. The Cherneys have since started their own business called Peasant's Feast in an iconic restaurant space in Solvang, California, a town known more for its able skeevers and Christmas all-year-round charm than for its cuisine. With the success of the restaurant, they've opened a beautiful second spot called Peasant's Deli across the walkway. There's also a fun little secret inside the deli worth exploring, but I'll let them pique your interest. We talked about Michael's veggie legs, Sarah's theater background, and how deferred dreams led them right to the Peasant's Feast door. Here's Michael and Sarah Cherney. So say your names, Michael and Sarah Cherney? Yep. Cherney. Cherney. Okay. Cherney. 
It's so good to see you guys. I love that you're just like side by side here. <laughs> I wish the listener could see that cute face. All right. So Michael and I were talking a little bit before rolling that you all live in Los Alamos, which is pretty great. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. love Los Alamos. Totally. Who doesn't? Um, where do you go on? Oh, I almost said on a Friday night. I know what you're doing on a Friday night. Yep. Work. You're working. <laughs> yes. Sorry. But when you want to relax, when you get to relax, where do you go? Uh, we love going to Babby's on Mondays. Yeah. Uh, just grab a, a beer. Nice. Um, lunch at Bell's, obviously. Mm-hmm. Really good. What do you get there? What's a favorite? Uh, so anytime we go out to eat, we normally get everything. <laughs> Chefs always say that. Because you don't go out to eat to really nice places like that often. Yeah. Like our go-to is billiards in San Inez. What is that? It's... Um, Middle Eastern Middle food. Middle Eastern food. It's called billiards? It's, it's a, SY billiards, yeah. It's a pool hall. Yeah. And they have lots of beer on tap, mm-hmm. some wine, but it's family owned. The mom and dad are in the kitchen. The son runs the bar mm-hmm. and they have the best shawarma anywhere. Falafel. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Did they open it? Were they the original, do you know, the original mm-hmm. owners? Wow. Yes. Well, how fun is that? Yeah. But that's where you go also because you have kids probably and it's like. No, no kids. Oh no! <laughs> no, we have kids. We, we just don't bring them. <laughs> Usually, we'll... I'm like, wait, did you get rid of the kids? Or... No, you. It's have we're kids. more of a lunch. We go out to eat for lunch more yeah. than so for dinner. Yeah, so that's our lunch spot. And I'll tell you, all the chefs in San Inez Valley eat there. Okay, now I gotta go. We always run into them when we're there. Someone. Yeah, yeah, it's casual, and we're casual people. Yes, yeah. yes, and I think that reads in the menus at the places that you own. So. So first is Peasant's Feast, which is, um, it's fantastic, but it's also, it kind of adheres to that um, lunch casual vibe because, I mean, that's, I've only ever had lunch there, isn't it? That's... Yeah. Well, that's not unusual because we have been doing only lunch for three years. Okay. We, we <laughs> I was just like, started I doing dinner. I this wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after three years, we just started doing dinner uh, yeah. two months ago. Uh, okay. You know, we opened during the pandemic and... It was weird times and people weren't allowed out of their houses after a certain time and lunch all day worked for us for yep. three years. You got a lot of press, I remember, about opening during the pandemic and, and yep. the way that it uh, it had maybe adjusted your business plan a little bit, yeah. I'm guessing. So when did you decide to open a restaurant? How, how soon before lockdown did you decide? <laughs> <laughs> so we signed our lease on March 1st. Um, 2020. Yeah. March 1st, 2020. We yeah. had 30 days to open per the landlord's request because the previous tenants, um, got red flagged during their construction period and he owns pretty much every property around the restaurant. So we wanted to make sure that that business didn't stay vacant for too long because yeah. he felt that it affected his other businesses. It's that a were flagship spot. I yeah. mean, it really is. Thank yeah. you. Um, so we always knew that we were on this really strict time crunch, mm-hmm. um, and then the entire shutdown was March 16th. Yeah. yeah. And... Monday, March 16th. And yeah. we, were, we were scheduled to open April 1st. <sighs> yeah. So, and we really didn't have a choice. It was like, oh, we just, you know, say forget it and mm. uh, don't move forward. But we had put everything we had into, you know, opening the restaurant. So. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have enough working capital to make it three, four months without being in Holding operation. Holding on. Yeah, yeah. Right. So no matter what, we knew April 1st, we we're going to open. In, and that's even in, before paying anybody, right? Like you yeah. can't hang on for four months. Yeah. 
even oh, without yeah. having We started staff. the restaurant. It was me, Sarah. Uh, I had two sous chefs. And then our son was dishwasher. Yep. We did that for the first month and a half, I He think. was 13 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's not going to school anyway. Yeah, don't, don't tell the labor board. <laughs> What's your son's name? Sabian. Sabian. Thank you so much, Sabian. You know, on the backs of the dishwashers so often, these places open. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so we changed our entire concept for the restaurant. Um, Mike redid the whole menu. Um, we halted all design and construction of tables, banquettes, mm. everything. So the, re- the inside of the restaurant basically was empty for almost the first year because mm-hmm. we wanted to hang on to every penny because we had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Really scary times. And, you know, when you're opening a restaurant and you're planning to open a restaurant, um, everyone tried to repair. Oh, you got to prepare for the worst possible scenario. <laughs> you know, you got to make sure you have enough working capital to get through this mm. this period of time because in case yeah. something happens, you have to be okay. Mm. But no one ever predicted that the whole world was going to shut down. Yeah, my heart breaks for I mean, you can't believe how many people I've interviewed here who started their thing on March such and such or yeah. February 28th uh. or whatever. And it really, I mean, I know we kind of feel past it, but I, it is so heartbreaking to yeah. think of those days where it settles in, it sets in yeah. Yeah. what this means. Totally. I mean, it's it such a, a crazy time and no one knew what was going on. No. You know, I, mean, I remember I was talking about uh, this the other day with someone. We had Dylan's grandma making us face masks with old t-shirts because yeah. masks weren't even available. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I sewed a couple. They yeah. were misshapen and weird and not functional, <laughs> but I was doing it. Yeah. Um, when you say that you changed the menu around, I mean, what was it originally supposed to be? Is it basically what it is now? No, not even close. What was it? Uh, it was... <sighs> it was going to be large portions. Family uh, style. Family style, mm-hmm. shareable, you know, just comfort food which yeah. we are still doing but in yes. a different way we needed to create items that would hold up into go boxes yeah, yeah. Uh, so what we kind of did was because we were doing pop-ups and catering for about six months before we signed the lease and opened the restaurant mm-hmm. um so we'd be at wineries and breweries and we do smash burgers grilled cheese sandwiches yeah. tacos. and tacos yep and people love them yeah and once we once the shutdown happened that's basically what we reverted back to. We're like, okay, we've already been doing this. Um, why not just continue the same thing? Now we just have a real kitchen where we're not breaking everything down every yes. day. It's it's here and it should work. Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that does work. I mean, my husband got the... Did you have carnitas tacos? Yeah. yeah. yeah he had those and he was pretty blown away. And he's kind of hard to please. He's like fussy. And they he just loved them. Yeah, so we started doing those during the pop-up days, and yeah. they're still on the lunch menu, and they're one of our top sellers. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when you uh, talk about going to culinary school, you were just mentioning that uh, Mateo with um, uh, Momotaro Ramen, you guys went to culinary school. Was that at California Culinary up in no, San Francisco? No, we went to uh, Art Institute in Santa Monica. Oh, that's right, which is yeah. so cool. They have a program there. Yeah, it's closed down since then yeah oh had um, believe, had a program there i believe all of the art institute's culinary programs have shut down oh shoot yeah it's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> great idea I, and well in california culinary is shut down that's so interesting yeah it Why is are those closing 
I don't know the real reason why. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I cannot. I can't answer. <laughs> Can you honestly. give me a statement on, no, <laughs> on their kidding. behalf? <laughs> <laughs> well, so where did you grow up then that you wound up going to Art Institute? For- uh, born and raised in LA, uh, okay. San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, went to school in Santa Monica, and then after that, I moved to Vegas for a few years. Back to LA. Actually, worked for Matteo. Um, oh. He worked at Mercado de Vitro, was an Italian restaurant, yeah. um, and then I've been up here. Okay. Well, why did you wind up up here? Uh, one doesn't just funny, arrive. funny story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was working in Vegas, a super high end restaurant and, uh, my sister was having her first kid in LA and I wanted to be closer to them. So then I started working for Matteo. Mm. Um, after two weeks, I realized I don't want to live in LA anymore. Mm. Uh, working 12 or 14 hours a day plus commuting an hour and a half, uh, each way. Traffic. Sucks. Yeah. It wasn't feasible. Um, Man. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't happy. Um, I had just gotten off of a two-month stint of woofing. We uh, woofed. You woofed? Where did you go? Uh, North Fork. It was the Kern family farm. Well, I mean, we've done it all over the world. Oh, cool. I, it's an amazing thing that you can do that. And yeah. you can take kids, too, to a lot of these places. You can go as a yeah. family. But anyway, how'd you find out about it? Woofing? Yeah. And for the listener, it's, well, I've always thought it was world, worldwide um, opportunities on organic farms. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think um, there's a couple different acronyms floating around that people think what it means. But anyway, that's what I've always thought it meant. Yeah. So when I lived in Vegas, um, my cousin uh, got married. She's a East Coaster. Mm-hmm. They quit their corporate jobs and for their honeymoon, they woofed for, I think, over a year. Um, they went. That's not an idea. Across to California and then back. <laughs> um, they stopped in Vegas yeah. and they visited me and they were telling me all these stories. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. Yes. Um, I was working fine dining. We were throwing a lot of food away if it wasn't the perfect shape, mm. size, all that stuff. Um, I really, really wanted to be more connected with the food and where it came from and the people who grew it and all the work that went into you know, getting me that perfect leaf of yes, sorrel that yes. was the right size and shape and, you know, no damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so after Vegas, I woofed mm-hmm. and lived on a farm. And that's when I refell in love with ingredients and yeah. the people behind it. Um, and that has to do with the name of the restaurant, Peasant's Feast. I was going to ask you about <laughs> that. Yeah. So how long were you there? I was there for about a month. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. You know, it's not like with a, with a thing like woofing, if you're only there for a week, you can kind of like after two weeks be like, well, I mean, after, after a couple of days you can say, well, if I don't like this, I'm going to leave anyway here pretty soon. But with a month, it's like, you gotta, you gotta get ready. Cause not yeah. every place is the same. Also, we stayed at some amazing places that took our, um, health, safety, education really seriously. And then we were at other places where I was like a glorified babysitter. One of them, (laughs) I'm not learning anything about food or wine or anything. Um, And yeah, this isn't about me, but I will just tell you, my husband, they had him building a retaining wall, which I would have loved to have done. But because I was the the woman, I wound up babysitting. And it was just like... This is in Italy, and I just was like, oh, I got to get out of here. And he was doing other exciting things. He was pruning in the vineyard. He was harvesting strawberries before the rains came. I mean, just stuff that I would have loved to have done. But this little boy, I was with two, a two-year-old who was just screaming and like mucus all the time. 
That's not my idea of... That's not what you signed up for. That is not what I signed up for. Anyway, we were there for a month and that was a slog. But then we were in other places that were fantastic. And it sounds like, did you say Kern Family Farm? Yeah, Kern Family Farm. I still am in contact with the owners and a lot of the people that lived there um, while I was there. So there was a community there. Yeah, he had this whole um, like RV set park set up. Uh, They called it Woofville. And, you know, they probably had between 10 and 20 people in and out. Yeah, Dare to Dream Farms has that in yeah. um, Lompoc. We've yep. been there. We've yeah. toured to that farm. It. Yeah, yeah. we've actually talked about just as a family going and woofing for like a long weekend or something if they would have us. Um, but yeah, it sounds really similar to that. Yeah. All right, so then, but but San Inez and Los Alamos, how'd you wind up there? Uh, so when I was in LA, um, I knew I wasn't happy. I knew I needed a change. Um uh, Brad Metzinger, restaurant recruiting guy. Yes, uh-huh. um, he got a hold of my resume. He saw Robichon on there. Immediately called me. I went in, interviewed, and they just started sending me all these places that were looking for kitchen management, mm-hmm. sous chefs, chefs. Um, most of them were in LA, and I knew mm-hmm. I didn't want to live there. And this one came up, and it said Brothers Restaurant at the Red Barn. Ah, uh, that's where you wound up. That's where I wound up. Okay. So. Um, I tell her what you thought though. I'm getting there. Okay. (laughs) I had just gotten done living on a farm. So I'm like, okay, there's a restaurant on a farm. This sounds perfect for me. (laughs) You thought it was a little more rustic. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was literally a restaurant on a farm. So I came up, I did an interview. Um, I did my working interview. I realized it is not on a farm, (laughs) Very Um, but that was actually they, before they were thinking about opening up sides, hardware and shoes. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to bring me on board to help open sides yeah um and i fell in love with the area yeah i drove around it's um, amazing yeah the agriculture it's exactly where i wanted to be mm-hmm. um and there were not really a lot of good restaurants around at the time yeah so the brothers gave me a great opportunity um and that's kind of where i found my personal uh style of food and cuisine are you and... the one who started the taco tuesdays there yeah the cauliflower tacos? Yeah. Would you ever give me the recipe for that? <laughs> We've tried to replicate it here, and it's not the yeah, same. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, on, you know, the, on, the... on the down low. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that was a life-changing... I mean, that I don't eat a ton of meat, but what that showed me, the beauty of when um, a talented, skilled person is at the helm with a restaurant who knows how to work with vegetables, um, you can, if you can get access to that kind of meal... You can be very satisfied, and that can actually convince you that maybe I can eat less meat. So anyway, you just did a great job with that. We were on our way somewhere. I think we were seeing a show at the Bowl or something, and we stopped in. We just had the best time. Awesome. Thank you. I also loved it on a weeknight. It's so charming. You know, the, the whole valley. I mean, weeknights are pretty great yeah. in the valley. Yeah. So I moved up, uh, started working at Sides. Uh, Sarah was a server at the time. Um, I had only planned on staying there for a year. I had a pretty big backpacking trip planned um, to South America. I got extremely sick on the trip, and I thought I was going to die. And Mm -hmm. I kind of had a little shift in my life and realized I can't keep living the way that I'm living. Um, Met Sarah, and we've literally been together every night since. And that's uh, (laughs) almost 11 years ago. Literally every night since? I think we spent three nights apart. We were 
Yeah, pretty inseparable. <laughs> now, hold on, back up. Where were you in South America that you got really sick? Uh, so I did two separate trips. Once I did, once I did Guatemala, uh, Yucatan, and Belize. And then the second trip, we went from Colombia down through Bolivia, Peru, and then we left from Santiago, Chile. Wow. And you're backpacking through Colombia? Backpacking, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm picturing <laughs> romancing the stone here. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. One was, of my favorite movies of all time. Same. <laughs> same. First movie we ever rented on VHS as a family. Still, like, I love it so much. Wow. And then you got really ill and you almost died. Were you, at, like, out in the bush or something? I don't know what happened. Uh, my Spanish is not very good. Um, yeah. Luckily, I was traveling with a friend who was training to be a nurse. So mm. she was giving me antibiotic shots oh, in God. my bum. And <laughs> somehow I made it through. Um, yeah actually climbed Machu Picchu with being ill <laughs> just because we went on that whole trip to do Machu Picchu and I was not going to let yeah. anything stop me. Yeah. Um, so we did it and I made it home somehow. Did you see a light at the end of the time? Like, did you, were you trying not to go into the light? You know what I mean? Like, as you're fading in and out, were you seeing the gates of heaven? No, but just like having that feeling of being in a place where you're unfamiliar with, you can't communicate with anyone. Yeah. Um, the doctors, the pharmacies, the medicine, you have no idea what it is. Right. It's so true. So it's an interesting situation to be in. And what was I, 23 at the time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just living life, having fun, and going on your journey. Yeah. Party on. Yeah. You get sick. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Sarah, you were serving in Los Olivos. Did you grow up in the Central Coast? I... Moved to Solvang in 1998, mm-hmm. but I had been coming to Solvang since I was born. I spent my first Christmas at six months old at the Alisal. Oh, oh you're one of those families. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm about to get real cozy with you. No. <laughs> I wish I was. They have yeah. trust funds set up families so that the next generation can spend their summers there. Like that's, that's how traditional it is, but... Um, my grandparents just loved solving. Um, they, I was born and raised in Los Angeles area Mm. and, um, we would come to solving once or twice a year, um, and stay with my grandparents and my mom and they retired up here. Mm. Then my mom moved up here and then I did. Yeah. I followed. (laughs) Solving such an interesting place. It's kind of been an outlier. I mean, it's obviously a tourist attraction, but here you have Los Alamos blowing up, wine country blowing up. Yes. I mean, Buellton, um, Los Alamos, if I didn't say that. Anyway, but Solvang's kind of been its own thing. It's changed a lot. Yeah. 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 I, I moved, I live, I've lived in San Inez, Solvang, Buellton, and now Los Alamos mm-hmm. during all those, those different years. So how do you see that it's changed? Solvang, I mean. I mean, beef, there wasn't like great restaurants, which is a new thing for sure. Mm -hmm. And there weren't the wineries. Um, it was more, I feel whimsical. Yeah. Back then there was lots of shops like as a kid, you know, that the all year long Christmas. Yeah. We just talked about that. Or several of those shops. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And my grandparents, they, they lived, um, near PCPA. So when I would come up, I would bring girlfriends and we'd stay during spring break or during the summer and we'd walk to theater fest and then walk back and, it's just, you know, we'd walk around the mission and... So you know. Sarah's actually a theater major. I went to school for theater, but oh. I didn't end up finishing with it. So you obviously were like, if you're theater, 
You were going to every show. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then uh, with my stepdaughter one year, we red-coded every show so we could see. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. We love it. We love the theater. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you're right there. I bet yeah. you get a lot of theater go. Well, you haven't maybe had a chance to no, because not of COVID, yet. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's been an interesting this journey. This summer, though. Yeah. yeah it's already should. started. There's been a lot of uh, concerts, concerts and, and shows, oh, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. They're hiring it out. We're seeing Brian Regan there in the fall, I think. I didn't realize they were renting it out for Yeah. Shows well, it had been things. closed for the pandemic. Yeah. And then it was also closed for renovations. They just... Renovated the whole lighting yeah. system, I believe. No, and oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. thing. Yeah, that yeah, was a big, big project. So now they need to be able to afford. This <laughs> is more for us. Yeah. So you were a theater major. Are you um, doing anything with that now? I haven't for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I um, before I went back into hospitality at Sides, I was the drama teacher at Solving School. I did. I taught fifth through eighth grade, and then. I had my sec- Raina, so I had two small children, and it just with child care and that oh, it yeah. just didn't. Being a single mom, it was, you know, yeah. I couldn't do that anymore. So went back to serving. <laughs> yeah. So so do you have kids together? Bio no. kids? None. No. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. You two were a single mom for a while. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. No, no. I'm just kidding. It's just <laughs> on Mother's How much Day. Time do we have? Oh, I know, I know. Wow. Well, my, and in solving, like that's yeah. got to be. Well, I was, um, a, I was a, a young mother, mm-hmm. so I was a single mom. My senior year of high school, all through mm-hmm. college, and then and you went to college. Yes, that's unbelievable. Yeah, oh, I, I was kind of in a rough place in my teenage years, not doing the greatest things and mm-hmm. getting pregnant kind of saved me, put me like, Oh, well now I have to take care of another human being. So <laughs> I better go to college and get good grades in high school now. Cause like I'm living for someone else basically. Right. So. right. Yeah. No more messing around. <laughs> right. That's so incredible. So you have two, three, two, uh, three. Well, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. So as far as um, starting the restaurant goes, did you, when, so you have Peasant's Feast, but you also have Peasant's Deli. Yes. Did you know all along that you wanted to do two different places like that? No, not at all. Did the place open (laughs) up or something and you were like, "Hmm." I kind of had my eye on it. um, And... I really love eating sandwiches. <laughs> I ate Lincoln sandwiches right before you came. Did you, we were almost going to go to High Street yeah. before, but we didn't have <laughs> yeah. enough time. I just love sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and sandwiches have a huge connection for me with my father. Um, he passed away when I was 16. Mm. And he would take me all over L.A. And before baseball games, we'd sit on curbs and eat sandwiches together. Mm. And I really didn't think that there was any great sandwich spot um, in our area. Yeah. Uh, so I decided... Why not do it ourselves? Yeah. Um, and I've always kind of, it's really weird to think about this, but I always thought like when my body's not able to work in a full service restaurant the whole time, my retirement plan would be to work in a deli. Yes. Well, <laughs> Just because yeah. I love making sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and it's relatively low uh, impact on You're your body. You're not like firing things. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Even though we do make most of our meats ourselves. Well. Um, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of just like an idea in the back of my head and we kind of outgrew the space at the restaurant um, mm. because it got so busy so quickly. 
And the back of house at Peasant's Feast is really, really tiny. There's Mm -hmm. little uh, storage and refrigeration space. Mm -hmm. And the deli has completely open floor plan. And the back of house is double the size of front of house. Oh, see, and it's, I mean, if you haven't been there, it's it's like a tiny little walkway away from back door to back door or front door to back door is really easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we basically prep, I'd say, the majority of the stuff at the deli and bring it over to the restaurant. Yeah, that's handy. And yeah. that's what also has helped us to open for dinner. Oh, And that's support. why it was part of why we always wanted to open for dinner, but we outgrew the kitchen. We had no space for new menu ingredients. Right. Uh, so once we got the deli up and running and, you know, it was going well, then we were able now to finally open for dinner right yeah so once the space became available for me it was a no-brainer it's an open floor plan uh the rent is relatively low especially for the area Mm -hmm. and it's literally right across from the restaurant yeah what was in there before you uh what's a bread shop a bread shop it was called the bread shop the bread shop they were from romania and people still come to like people who come to solving you know for their once a year trip always come in because they there was something that the bread shop made that was their favorite and they were trying to yeah and she did a beautiful job renovating the space we didn't do anything when we moved in oh really i mean i was in there it's beautiful yeah 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 it's got the little window that you can see directly in so you can watch them make your sandwiches consistent with the restaurant too yeah Yeah. it, it was perfect for me it was it was a great idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Peasant's Feast is absolutely beautiful inside. There's so much character to it. Which of you... Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to assume, but wow, Sarah, it's so beautiful. Isn't it like a... There's like a dusty blue color that's on the... It's like bluish and there's like greens. Yes. And the light fixtures are beautiful. Aren't they like baskets? Yeah. The, the wicker yes. um, hanging So it pieces. is an actual greenhouse. It was built by our landlord and his father in, in the, the 70s. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those like erector set kits of you buy boxes of stuff and you turn it into this greenhouse. The was ceiling... it ever intended to be a restaurant? Because there have been restaurants in there for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think so. I think okay. his dad did have a restaurant in there and then it's just... Even yeah. As far as when they built it, if they ever intended on doing that originally, I have no idea. I think it was a deli. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. You're right. He did. Yeah. He said he wanted to make it a deli. Uh, to begin with. Wow. Yeah. It's very difficult to keep cool though. I was just going to ask you with, yeah, it's challenging. The roof, all the walls are all glass. And the roof is glass. But But it's that iconic building. It really is so iconic. When you chose that, were you nervous at all about, I mean, were you nervous that um, you couldn't achieve the look or the clientele that you wanted in a place like Solving. Not because I don't love Solving. I absolutely do. But like you were saying, kind of a more whimsical place and not as much a destination for food. So to be honest, <laughs> yeah, this is our third attempt at a restaurant. Oh, This was not our that. first choice. Yeah, okay. Um, but we, it ended up being the perfect the best. place. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's um, so funny because I thought you just nailed it. Nope. nope. Oh, no. It's <laughs> what been a struggle. Other, what are the other two things? Um, so first we tried to buy where Bell's is currently located. Size um, <laughs> <laughs> view my tea. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. We, we live in Los Alamos. Yeah. Um, we were good friends with Jamie. And as soon as it came on the market, uh, we talked to him. We had an offer in. 
and someone else offered more. Yeah, yeah. And that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other spot was sides. <laughs> we were actually in a six or seventh month, six or seven month escrow um, to buy the business from the brothers that I helped them build. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Is it the same people who outbid you both times? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. No, no, no we're all friends. I know, I know. I feel like if we had acquired that space, we would have absolutely never made it through the pandemic. There's no Why? way. There's no during patio. The pan- there's, oh, yeah. that's true. There's no yeah. outdoor seating. Um, and during the pandemic, solving never slowed down. Oh, as soon as yeah, they opened that. up, the once you were allowed to leave your house walk yeah it was packed it was a zoo and with Mm -hmm. and at that time then we were allowed to serve on the patio and you have a great patio yeah i mean it's very functional yeah and so um that's what i think helped us through Hmm. the whole thing but on, on the note of uh you asking about opening a restaurant and solving and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. clientele. Um, Mike ha- always had a very strong local support mm. from being at sides and yeah. people were anticipating his opening of a restaurant. I didn't so. believe her when she told me this. Mm. She's like, you have to open up your own spot. You have to open up your own spot. It's like funny. Why? No That's one's going to come. That's all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we, we have both. Thank Goodness, we're in a busy town like Solvang, yes. and we get the tourists. And it, I feel like we've built it so that foodies do seek us mm-hmm. out more so than the people who are coming for, you know, traditional Table Danish steamer. food. And yeah. um, we had a lot of, during the pandemic um, when there was still the mass and the tourists coming back out, a lot of people would wait like two hours to eat there and then sit down and realize that we didn't have sausage and then they would, or pancakes <laughs> and then they would leave. Oh was, boy. Yeah. But I think now Read it, the menu. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now like we make sure we have the menu posted outside yeah. and you know. Yeah. I it, forgot it, about that. A lot of people in the beginning, they were expecting Danish food. Yep. And I wanted to stay as far away from that and, as possible. And split sure. pea soup. Oh, yeah. A lot of people came for split pea soup. Yeah. It's very interesting. But it d- doesn't seem that way too much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're, you have an identity now and a presence online. And, you know, it takes time, I guess, for those things to yeah. happen. It's funny you mentioned that solving never shut down really. Um, Pismo Beach also just, like, never really stopped. And it blew up to the point where I have a friend who, um, and he listens to this every single episode. Hi, Eric. Um, (laughs) He works for the city of Pismo Beach, and he was saying that the trash cans, remember, everybody's giving to-go boxes. The trash cans by the pier were just completely overflowing all the time. That was solving, too. So I think that those kind of conventional, not conventional, but the, the traditional classic California destinations the tourism destinations that's so interesting i had no idea solving was like that too and then like during that time there was an article that came out and called uh, solving the grown-up disneyland and this was during the pandemic it was a great article but um there was a lot of attention drawn to solving and especially because people weren't able to travel abroad yeah. and it's very European yes. style. Yeah. So they would yeah. go to solving from LA to San Francisco is the spot to go to. 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, you, I read recently that you have a third thing going on now. Do I know that? Is, am I right about that? Yeah. It's, uh, so attached to the deli, uh, we've now built a little secret arcade. Secret? How secret? Like, um, it's not secret, but you have to go. You can't see it from the outside. Right. You have to go into the deli. You to have to it. walk through no. the deli and you can't really see where it is because the door is hidden by the shelving with our market items. Oh. We do have like a little uh, game room sign marquee thing that says, you know, game room. Yeah. Yeah. Is it open late or is it only 8 p.m.? Since we opened the arcade, uh, the deli is now Thursday through Sundays, 11 till 8. Okay. Are you getting, well, first of all, that's amazing for local families, but kids, I'm thinking like, yeah. There was nothing for them. Yeah. We've raised two kids in the valley, and <laughs> there is literally nothing to do with no. your kid, right? There's no right. activities to really do together yeah. um, or just drop the kids off. Yes. It, it's eating, drinking, and hiking and sightseeing. That's basically yeah. all it's there true. is. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we grew up in L.A., and I grew up going to arcades all the time. Yeah. So another connection, too, with my dad is the sandwiches and uh, pinball. I would watch him play pinball for hours. <laughs> and I wasn't really into pinball, but now that we opened the arcade, I am a <laughs> Pinball is, there are um, people who love pinball are a breed. Like there's yes. a, it's not like playing Tekken 2 or whatever. It's yeah. a breed. And you're in that breed now. Yeah, it's uh, it's as easy or as complicated as you want to make it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've chosen to make it extremely complicated. <laughs> did the did the pinball obsession come before the arcade, or did nope. it go the other way? It came yeah. after. Because you have act. Can you play for free? Uh, so we own one of the pinball machines. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, um, and then we partnered up with I this awesome Harry. guy named Dave. Uh, he runs and sets up arcades all up and down the coast. He does Lincoln, I know. Yep. Yep. Um, so we do a profit share on those yeah. and the original pitch to him was, Hey, I want to open up a pinball spot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't do it. It's not going to work. Not that many people play pinball. Wrong. Uh, no. So we started with two machines. And, and, and we also told him we wanted like old games, nineties style. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, those aren't money makers. You need this and this and this. And we're like, but this is, <laughs> this is our vision. This is yes. what we want. So he he did it for us, yeah. even though he was skeptical about it. Yeah. So now we're his top uh, producing pinball place. <laughs> yeah. How and, many? How many? Uh, and I'm sure it's probably because my husband puts all the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't claim number one and be your own number one customer at the uh, same time. So now we have four pinball machines, um, and we get first dibs on all the new machines. Yeah. Uh, we just got a James Bond anniversary edition that just came out. Nice. And uh, total, there's about 15 games, um, and they, they rotate. Um, we just got a brand new Fast and Furious car racing game. Yes, my daughter is, uh, but that's not pinball, right? No, no. Uh, yeah. car racing, two-seat car racing. Yeah, my daughter is um, actually on the leaderboard for that one. It, pa- it oh, passed nice. through, and she it's F&F to her and uh i'm like what is fnf it's fast and furious mom oh okay she's 10 ps um and she i can hear her with her little flip-flop foot like doing the double bang on the cast it's so cool (laughs) that is a cool game yeah i mean the arcade in general just like what you said when you're describing your daughter having fun and and yes when we're in the deli part and we hear 
even adults and kids yes. screaming with excitement or you know challenging their friends. Oh, we or, have air hockey. That's yeah, oh, I love it. My favorite reaction is when no one knows that the arcade is there and they walk in, adults and kids, and to get sandwiches. As, and as then as soon the as kids... they poke their head around the corner and see the game, they squeal. They, they stop. <laughs> they stop and full jaw drop. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> And for me, that makes it all worth yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, so you can't see into it. There are no windows in there that you can see from uh, the There outside. are windows, but we put shades over everything. So nice. if you're walking by, you have literally no idea. What's and then you inside. can have the full, like, dark experience in there with all the stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. most of the games are old. So they're all yeah. projection TVs. And, you know, if you get the wrong glare, you can't see anything. I love it. You know, you probably couldn't have done that in either of those places you had originally wanted. Um, uh, we actually were thinking about doing it. If we would have gotten sides, upstairs yes. would have been an arcade. Oh, there's an upstairs? Yeah. Do people dine up there now? No, or is it's it like, like an, an office, office or something. Yeah. Office, Based wine storage. cellar. Wow. That would have been fun. Yeah. And Los Olivos could use something like totally. that too, for totally. sure. But solving, that's so fun. Okay, I got to get down there with the kids. I got to get Lulu so she can show you how to play F&F. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at Fast and Furious. <laughs> I'm decent at pinball and I pretty much suck at everything else. Oh, do you know Max Montgomery with um, There Does Not Exist. We have chatted several times All about, right. about All pinball. <laughs> All right. I'm just making sure. So Max used to live up the street from us, not when we lived here, but over around the mountain. And I didn't know him at all, but we knew there was this guy with a garage full of pinball machines. And we just were like, he was so mysterious to us. (laughs) Turns out, yeah, we've been living next to Max this whole time, and it's just so funny. He's a real obsessed guy. Yeah, so Max worked for Firestone uh, around the same time that I did. Uh, we didn't know each other then. You worked for Firestone? Yeah, I did. Uh, I worked the. I was executive chef of the Buellton Tap Room for two years. Oh actually, while we were in, in escrow in trying to buy a restaurant. <laughs> wow. Oh, so you know him in a couple different ways. Yeah, he's super okay. friendly. Um, he has not come to the arcade yet, so if he's listening, we'll change that. <laughs> oh, he, he's scared that he's going to set all the high scores immediately. Oh, so he's giving people what time. What a stupid fear! <laughs> he's giving people time uh, to set their high scores before he comes and destroys everyone. <laughs> I love that. All right, so you were at Firestone. You mentioned Robichon. Yeah, how was that? Robichon was, that, was intense. Was that the most, like, the finest fine dining you had ever done before? Uh, yes. Uh, so right out of culinary school, I started working in LA for Ortolan. His name is Christophe Amé. Yeah. Um, I was part of that crew when we got one star and mm-hmm. that was in 2009. Um, so that was my first restaurant experience was in Michelin wow. fine yeah. dining. Um, I was the only person that spoke English. Mm. Um, everyone else was a J1 visa French Wow. and they kind of just pointed and Did you learn French? Yelled, and I tried to replicate whatever they wanted me to do. <laughs> Did you learn only French curse words? Uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I learned, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, and how to count. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and yeah, I, I just learned a lot. I absorbed a lot. Um, it was really difficult for me because I was, I felt like I was very behind. Mm-hmm. Most of these people had gone to high school were they had a culinary school in their high school yes, and they're hospitality professionals. You know, this is what they were going to be doing since they were 13 years old. So different here. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I was, I think I was 18 at the time, um, going in and I didn't even know how to hold a knife. Mm. Um, so I just worked, I worked really, really hard. Um, I was going to school six in the morning till three, 
I would drive straight to work, get off at 11 or midnight and do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I worked there for two years. Um, and then I got offered to work for Robichon in Vegas. Mm. Um, same thing. I was only planning to stay for one year. I ended up staying through three years. Um, and I actually didn't even graduate culinary school uh, when I started working there. I remember I was working at Robichon and I had to take a day off in the first three months. And I remember the chef being so pissed at me. Um, so I can go back to L.A. just to walk stage and graduate and get my degree. That is asking too much. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember going to my teachers and being like, I, I can't do this. This is, this is too hard. This is too yeah. much. They're like, you have to keep going. You have to keep trying. You have to work harder, blah, blah, blah. So I did. I uh, yeah. ended up working every station. Um, I was next in line to be sous chef and just decided it was time to go. My sister yeah. was having her kid and I needed to get out of Vegas. I love that you <laughs> um, supported your family that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't stick around for longer. I just, I, I despise the commute in LA, yeah. especially working the hours that we work. Um, it's hard. Do you ever, can I know you guys are going to Le Petit and I, I think you said, right, later today. So Julian Aseo, do yeah. you ever talk to him about Vegas? I mean, you must so have I crossed worked, paths. I worked with him in Vegas. Okay. At, he was at, actually... At, at, is it Guy Savoy? I've no, said Guy. he was at Robichon as well. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, so okay. I was at L'Atelier, which was the one star, and yeah. he was at the three star, Robichon at the mansion. Okay, wow. Um, and surprisingly enough, the reason why we connected and why we're still connected is... He was the first uh, person that spoke French to be nice to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, no, I'm not going to say, it. I was going to say because he's half American. I mean, basically American because he's lived here, but I, sh- I can't say that. He's That's just an not, awesome, genuine person. He is. He <laughs> is a lovely man. Totally. Wow. Okay. So there's one other thing I wanted to ask Sarah about Alisol. Um, so when I met you, Jake and I were staying at, Alisol Ranch. Oh, the cat. Please don't. Oh, she's been vomiting. As soon as I turn this thing on, (laughs) she starts barfing, and it's so traumatizing. Oh, no. Anyway. It's traumatizing for me, not for her. (laughs) Um, So we were at the Alisol. We stopped in and had lunch. And you mentioned that you worked there. You were you like GM something like no, that? No, no, oh, okay. no. Wow. I thought, <laughs> I thought for some reason you were. I was um, the restaurant supervisor for the ranch course, which is the private golf course. Okay. The grill there. Okay. But I had so when I moved here in '98, um, my second job was at the LSL. Mm-hmm. I worked there for like five years. Yeah. And then. After we got married, we were talking about, you know, opening our own place, but how we needed to still work in the meantime. And Alice House is a great place to work. They have full benefits, Mm -hmm. 401k. um, And so I got to use the property. Yeah, (laughs) they they allow the employees to use the property. And I had worked at the, the ranch grill and they had just hired a new GM for the ranch and a new chef. And, um, I, I, so I decided, why don't I try to go back? And mm-hmm. so, and he was at Firestone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. we both kind of made the commitment to ourselves that we're not leaving our current position until we're doing this on our own. Yeah. Yes. Right. Can you explain to people who don't know what the Alisol is? Can you tell, like, it's such an interesting business model, and it's so historic. Can yes. you explain what it is? So it's actually a 10,000-acre cattle ranch. It was one of the first 
land grants mm-hmm. given to private individual after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is still an operating cattle ranch. Um, it's like a, a five-star dude ranch, I guess you could say. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, they have fishing, they have archery, they have horseback riding, mm-hmm. golf. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are no phones or TVs in any of the rooms there. Yeah. Uh, there's two golf courses on premises, a private and a public mm-hmm. golf course. Um, breakfast. And dinner are included in your rate. Yes, it feels a bit like, um, almost like going on a cruise, a really nice cruise. Yes. Pancake um, rides? <laughs> What's up? The pancake rides in the morning? So I never oh, got to yes. do that. Oh, oh my gosh. And I have actually really, really wanted to. Um, they invited us to stay because they were hoping to get coverage in yeah. some in a magazine or something that I write for. And then the chef left, and I wasn't able to make that connection again. Hmm. But I have been wanting to cover the breakfast ride. Yes, it's so fun. it's they make uh, giant size pancakes. They have a old time cowboy telling cowboy stories I mean, over the campfire. Um, they have an adobe, which is a really old historical like house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can either horseback ride up to the adobe for the um, breakfast, or you can take a hayride. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's a very beautiful, magical place. I'm going to do it. And I love horseback riding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I reconnected with how much I loved riding at the Alice Hall. It's pretty special. Yeah. And they do a rodeo in the summer right. and they do barbecues um, and they have music and yeah. It's just a great place. It's and they have a whole place. activity area for children. Yeah. Um, it's just very family-oriented. Yep. Yeah, we played a good amount of ping pong. And, uh, yeah, there are people crafting with kids. It's, it's yes. phenomenal. And the dinners are amazing. You have to wear a jacket. Yep. It's very traditional mm-hmm. in that sense. So, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful place. And it's a beautiful property. Yeah. Um, I can't get over the trust thing that people set up. Yeah. For their, I'm like still reeling. So families come the same week every summer for generations, mm-hmm. 30, 60 years. I mean, it's unreal. It is so unreal. Yeah. And then you, you know, you see weddings happening there where so, they shut the whole place down. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. The weddings are spectacular. Yeah. They, spectacular. They'll, buy, they'll buy the whole ranch for the weekend yes. for the weddings. Yeah. We should all go in on... <laughs> Forget a wedding. Let's renew our, go in. Renew our vows. Yeah, that's, that's what we'll call it. Yes, exactly. Oh. Well, Chernies, it's so nice to have you at the table because we've never really gotten to spend much time together just when you're at the at the hostess stand or behind the yeah. behind the deli counter. But um it sounds like amazing things are happening and then the fact that you're open to new opportunities, obviously, because you've done the deli and you've done the arcade, it sounds like probably can expect more from you. Oh no, we're done. We're done. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to set my watch. To uh, yeah. No, your thank next you for thing. having us. Uh, yes. it's nice chatting with you, but, uh, we're not going to open up any more restaurants. I know I said that before, um, but we have our hands full a hundred percent. This yeah. is actually the first time you said we're not doing something else because mm-hmm. once we dialed in peasants feast, you're like, if any of this these places go out of business, we're opening in a deli. And then if this place, 
we're opening an arcade. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. This is the first time he doesn't have his eye on something. Yeah. Well, it's on record now. <laughs> yeah, it's um, on record. Real quick before I ask you the final question, I, um, I'm really struck and I told Michael this, your ability and your, your, um, fortitude in setting boundaries on your time is really amazing. Cause I've tried to get you on here a couple times before. Sorry. No, no. I'm so, like, I really meant it when I said it's impressive and it's admirable. I think to say, you know what? The only times we can do such and such are, I mean, for you, it was Mondays. Mondays yeah. are the day. Um, and also I have to imagine that you only offered lunch for a long time because that was, you know, protecting your time with family and your sanity and all that. Am I right about that? Yes. Uh, a, a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, Wait, what was the first part of the question? What was the first part of the question? <laughs> You're going to edit this part out, Taking care right? of ourselves. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I go in. Uh, so we're both working uh, mm-hmm. owners, chef owner. and You're not absentee owners. No, right? we're, we're yeah. literally there all the time. I'm there from at least 8 in the morning till 8 at night, mm-hmm. uh, five days a week. Uh, Tuesdays I go in and prep by myself and accept all the orders, clean, put all the stuff away. Um, so Mondays are literally the only day off yeah. I have. Um, to relax, to relax. So mm-hmm. all the appointments, anything that, that needs to get done outside of the restaurant has to happen on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't want to bog your whole day down with like doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. Right. Like, you know, yeah. We like actually take the day off. Well, yeah. I think it was really important cause we opened, we originally opened, we were open six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working seven days a week yeah. and I think it took three months to realize this is not sustainable. Sure. Um, and we can't keep doing this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we decided to do closing on Mondays and Tuesdays. I still go on Tuesdays and she's I always do. doing admin. Yeah. 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 Um, getting so, your nose above water. Yeah. Yeah. Then, Mondays, yeah. we really try to make it about us spending time with each other, um, and hanging out with the kids too. Yeah. Um, cause I'm literally never home. Yeah. 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 And hanging out with me. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks for you. your patience. Oh my gosh. No, I'm happy to. I, I mean, I don't understand and, in that I don't, I've never had to make those choices and mm-hmm. decisions, but I do understand what it means to be really busy and to, um, yeah, need to protect some things for sure. Yeah. And then the other reason too is, uh, I recently started a tattoo project and those are Mondays only. A tat- like at, on your body? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> these are Monday only. He's 35 it. hours in so far. Yeah. It's <gasps> up here it? in AG. Her name's Jillian Wayfield. She is okay. an amazing artist. Yeah. In um, AG, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's doing both my legs, top to bottom, and wow. it's all vegetables. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where'd you get the illustration? Where'd you get the image? It's all original artwork. She oh. drew everything herself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, thanks, Jillian. Yeah, for his veggie legs. Yeah, so <laughs> once on the the three or four Mondays that there are in the month, one of those Mondays or two of those Mondays are spent laying down in a chair. <laughs> do you ever fall asleep? I do. Actually. Yeah, I would one hundred percent fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so beat by the end of the week yeah. that for like the first couple hours, it's really relaxing, and I fall asleep. But then towards the end, I'm like, okay, I want to go home. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Well, best of luck with that. That's <laughs> so fun. Um, all right. So if it was your last day on earth and you were going to celebrate, Uh-oh. what would you eat and what would you drink and who would be there? And you each get to answer individually. Ooh. What would I eat, what would I drink, and who would I be with? Yeah. Oh, I'd for sure be with my wife. <laughs> Because she's my favorite person. Yeah. Um, what would I eat? I would eat... I think a big fat bone-in ribeye. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a potato of some kind. Yep. I'm a simple guy. I like a baked potato with uh, like a salt crusted baked potato. Yeah. Give it to me all day long. Yeah. Uh, whenever I would get back from big traveling trips to other countries, uh, that's when I was on the airplane. That's all I could think about was getting Potato. home and and eating a steak. That's what my dad oh, took us out to. Yes. I remember my sister would be obsessed. She'd eat two steaks in a night. Oh my um, gosh! Filling yeah, my, up like like topping off for the journey or what? I don't know. I just remember always she would order steaks at every restaurant, and I wasn't into steak at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways. That was a bone-in ribeye is a good, <laughs> a, that's a good way. And what do you drink with that? Uh, I'm a whiskey guy. Whiskey okay. and beer. So, yep. Yeah. Nice. Simple. Yep. Okay, Sarah. I would be with my husband. You're just saying that because I say it. Well, no. And, <laughs> and she means it. My kids. Yep. Um, and it would be champagne and caviar and then whatever my husband's cooking. <laughs> yes. Do you still like his cooking? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. It is pretty phenomenal. And he guys... cooks at home. I was just going to ask. Yeah. You do. Does that, is that hard for you after all that time at work? Not really. Oh, um, good. I like doing it. I like cooking. I love cooking. I don't really cook that much at the restaurant anymore. Um, oh, cool. cause I have so much staff that are awesome and yeah. know how to do everything. Um, so yeah, when I get home, I love cooking for the family and sometimes we don't eat dinner till 10 o'clock on a school night, but it's okay. <laughs> you just say it's like Spain. That's, yeah. We're just doing it like Spain, eating really late. Yeah. I mean, on our days off when we try to eat at six, now the kids aren't even hungry because they're not used to eating till later. Yeah. Oh, how funny. That's so funny. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for coming and have a great day up in Paso. Thank you. Thank Thanks Thanks for you. Our yeah. <laughs> we're excited. Thanks guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for carving time out of your day to listen to Consume. If you like what you hear, it always helps if you rate and subscribe to the feed. To learn more about my guests, see their photos, and connect with them via their website or social media, visit letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a newsletter sign up if you want to visit for me in your inbox every now and again. Until then, I'm Jamie Lewis. Cheers. Cheers.